Job chapter 31, verse 14. What then shall I do when God riseth up? When he visiteth, what shall I answer him? Well, there's not a whole lot you can do. When your creator decides to get up and starts rising up and you have to answer to him, there's not a whole lot you're going to be able to do. But look at verse 15. Did not he that made me in the womb make him? And the context of these verses are Job's talking about taking care of the poor, taking care of the, his servants, taking care of the fatherless, the widows. That's the context of these verses. And he says, hey, did the same God that made me, did he not make the poor? Did he not make the widows? Did he not make the father? Is, is he not the father, the God of all these? Did not he, verse 15, that made me in the womb make him? And did not one fashion us in the womb? He fashioned you. He did. He fashioned you a certain way. And I want to preach this morning on a fashion sense. I want to preach this morning on fashion sense. Just having some fashion sense. And I want to point out to you that God fashioned you in the womb. God made you very unique. He made you. He designed you. He's the ultimate designer. He designed you the way he designed you and fashioned you the way he fashioned you. So just be comfortable being you. Just be you. I mean, he wants you to be you. You have a certain way you walk. You have a certain way you talk. You have a certain way that you do different things. You have a certain personality. God made you the way you look. Whatever it may, he made me the way I look. He made you the way you look. Be comfortable the way you are. God designed you that way. He fashioned you that way. And he wants you to be that way. You're unique to him. You're special to him. And he wants you the way you are, and he fashioned you that way. He's the ultimate designer. He's the ultimate fashion designer that way. And you look at the way different people are. It don't matter even if it's, it's twins. If they're identical twins, they have unique personalities. They have unique ways of doing things. And, they, and God made them that way. Even though they might look the same on the outside personality-wise, they might walk a little different. They might talk a little different. It's amazing to me to be around twins. We had some twins. My son grew up around some twins. And uh, I'd, be, I'd be around their mom, and their mom could tell them apart. I mean, just way off. I, how do you do that? I, they look all the same to me, but she, she could tell them apart. God can tell you apart. Even if you look the same, you might have the same build. You might even have an identical twin. My friend, God thinks you're unique, and he can tell you apart. He's fashioned you a certain way. You know, uh, you might say, well, look at... I can't talk very well. Me and Brother Alvin talk about this. You know, I, I might not be able to speak very well. I get tongue-tied. There might be something unique about me. God, uh, g- uh, that's how Moses tried to get out of doing what he was going to do for the Lord. He said, I can't speak very well, and, and my tongue is kind of tied. And, and what did the Lord tell, Joe, um, tell Moses? He told Moses in Exodus 4.11, he said, And the Lord said unto him, unto Moses, Who hath made man's mouth? Or who maketh the dumb, or the deaf, or the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? The Lord takes credit for all of that. He said, I made all that. I made you the way I made you, Moses. So I'm going to use you the way I want to use you for. You've got a fashion sense about you. Turn to Psalms 119. Psalm 119. Turn to Psalm 119. Let's look a little bit more about this fashion that God's made for you. He's made you a certain way. And I, I know there's a, a lot of us in here are a little older. And when you get older, you, start, you stop caring about things, amen? When you're, in, when you're in high school or you're in school or maybe you're a young person, you really care about the way you look and your appearance. And, but when you get older, you get to where you just really don't care. 
<laughs> you don't care how you're dressing. You don't care about the latest styles. You don't care about what anybody's wearing. But to, to a younger person, that, that really matters to them. But let me tell you something. It doesn't matter. Don't worry about that stuff. You, you worry about, well, my, you know, I don't have, my nose is a little big on my face. Or I'm losing all my hair. You get to worry about stuff like that. God made you the way he made you. Just be you. Amen. Just be you. You know, you, you have a certain way even how you talk. I can't stand to listen to myself talk. And you remember back when there was phones that hung on a wall that had a cord? When I would call people, and, I, and, you call, and this is before caller ID, I'd say, uh, this is Keegan. And they'd laugh. They'd go, I know who that. You wouldn't even have to tell me who you are. I could recognize your voice. You couldn't ever. And they're right because I have such this whiny, texty, stupid-sounding voice. I had a friend that he could change his voice he could, he could prank call anybody. And there's a guy in Brownwood that we grew up with. His name is John Hunter. And he owns a, a filling station. And he still has a filling station there where you can pull up there and he will come out and fill up your car with gas at his station. Old time kind of filling station. And he runs one of them, kind of washes your windows and does things for you. But we grew up with John and me and my friend Calvin grew up with him. But my friend Calvin, he could change his voice. He could make his voice sound any way he wanted to make it. And my, my friend John, who I grew up with, he had, he wore, one day he was wearing, he had a rash on his legs, and he was wearing these short shorts. So we were making fun of him. We were making fun of him. So we went home, and my friend Calvin got on the phone and called him up and said, hey, man. He called him up, and he said, uh, you're the one that's wearing those shorts? And my friend John said, who is this? He goes, you look so sexy in those shorts. Oh. <laughs> and my friend, <laughs> he got so mad. We, we, so we drove back down to the filling station, and John's face looked like he's ready to murder somebody. Just, it's all tensed up and everything. Man, I can never pull a prank like that. If I call, they know it was, oh, I know it's you, Kagan. I know it's you. My, my friend Calvin, he did that for years. He'd call people up, prank call them, and we had the biggest laugh. Well, then one day, John got him back and called him up and called his mom, whose mom is Korean. And he calls his mom up and tells his mom, yeah, this is the city of Brownwood. You're late on your water bill. We're about to come turn your water bill off. And she's like, I pay my water bill. She's going off in Korean and, and, that, and just going off. And, and, the, and, and my friend John tells him, no, your water bill's late. And we're about to come turn your water bill off. You need to show up. You need to come up here to City Hall and show us that you paid your water bill. So Calvin gets all the stuff together, all the bills that he's paid his water bill and everything. He gets up and he goes all the way down to City Hall, goes into City Hall, goes up to the counter and said, Tells the lady, yeah, we got a call that, that y'all are about to turn our water off, and we paid our water bill. And that woman says, I don't know what you're talking about. And Calvin said, as soon as she, she said that, I knew I'd been had. <laughs> he got paid back. But we're all unique. We have unique personalities. God made us that way. Maybe, maybe, you're, not so, maybe you're not so outgoing. Maybe, maybe you are outgoing. Maybe you're kind of shy. God made you that way. That's okay. Be you. Look at Psalm 119. Look at verse 73. Psalm 119, verse 73. Thy hands have made me, talking about God, thy hands have made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn thy commandments. Hey, God fashioned you. He made you in a certain way. So now what does that verse say? Hey, give me, Lord, tell me what you want me to do. So God has made you. He's made you according to Revelation chapter 4, the very last verse in Revelation chapter 4. It tells us you're made for God's pleasure. God has, God's pleasure is something He's going to do with you. God's got a purpose for you, and He's fashioned you a certain way, and He's got something He wants to do for you. And go, he wants, there's things He wants to do through you. And He's fashioned you for that. He's got a purpose for you. 
It don't matter if you can't talk, you can't speak, if you're blind. Fanny Crosby, she wrote so many of our hymns, great hymns of God. That woman was blind. She was completely blind. And she wrote so many of our hymns that we love. She was blind. But God made her blind. And God says, I made you blind. What had happened when she was blind? When she was blind, it made her hearing that much better. She could praise God that much more. Guys, there's things that God's made in you the way you are that God could use to glorify Jesus Christ. He's fashioned you a certain way for a certain purpose. You're fashioned. He's a fashion designer. And he's fashioned you a certain way. So look at Mark chapter 2. Look at Mark chapter 2. We're going to slow down a little bit in Mark chapter 2. Look at Mark chapter 2. Look at verse 5. Fashion is defined as a popular trend, especially in styles of dress and ornament or manners of behavior. Another definition of fashion is a manner of doing something, like the work is done in a rather casual fashion. A verb for fashion is make it into particular or the required form. Look at Mark chapter 2, verse 5. What's the context of these verses? The context of these verses is that Jesus Christ is... Uh, well, look, look, just go back up at verse 1. Let's go up in verse 1. Let's just read this together. And again, he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noised that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. So this house is full of people that can't even get into the house. And they came unto him bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. So it was four men bringing this guy. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. So Jesus is in this house. He's in there preaching. And all of a sudden the house is broken up out of the ceiling. Here comes this bed lowered down. This guy's sick. And these four guys are lowering this guy down right in front of Jesus Christ. Can you imagine it? I want to, the question I want to ask you is, what about the person that owned the house? You think they were complaining? I bet they were. But I bet they didn't say nothing to Jesus about it. What do you think? Verse 5, when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why doth this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? Good question. Who can forgive sins but God? That's a good question. How is Jesus forgiven sins if God's the only one that can forgive sins? <laughs> the answer is obvious. Jesus must be God in the flesh. Amen. That's why he's doing it. Verse 8, And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? See, it's, it's all in the heart. Listen, guys, the problem with the JWs, problem with the Mormons, problem with the Muslims, it's not a head problem. The problem with the atheists, it's not a head problem, it's a heart problem. Amen. There's a problem in their heart. They understand what's going on in their head, and you can reason with them and reason with them, and you can talk to them in their head all day long, but it's always going to be a heart problem. It comes back to a heart problem. Jesus says, why are you reasoning these things in your hearts? Whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say... Or to say, arise and take up thy bed and walk. He says, now let me ask you a question. Is it easier for me to say your sins are forgiven or to make that guy get up and walk? Well, obviously it's easier to say your sins are forgiven, amen. There's what, how many Catholic priests are doing that right now? Sitting in some confessional booth saying your sins are forgiven. But are, who knows if the sins are forgiven, amen? Who knows? You, you don't know God's the one you're trying to get to forgive your sins. And Jesus says, what's easier? 
Well, it's a lot easier to say your sins are forgiven. Look at verse 10. But that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the sick of the palsy. And then he turns to the sick guy. I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy bed, go thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all. So what he's saying is, he's saying, what's easier for me to say your sins are forgiven or to tell this guy to get up and walk? So he turns around and he says, hey, get up and walk. And that guy immediately gets off that bed. That's how Jesus heals. He heals immediately. There isn't any of this stumbling around or it might be healed. or Oh, let me go back to the doctor and check. He gets up. He's, this guy's healed, amen. That's how Jesus heals. And immediately that guy gets up and he starts walking around. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, went forth before them all. But look, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, look, we never saw it on this fashion. We never saw it on this fashion. You want to know the kind of fashion Jesus, that God wants you to have? God wants you to have the fashion of Jesus Christ. God wants you to have the fashion of Jesus Christ. Because let me tell you something about the fashion of Jesus Christ. The fashion of Jesus Christ is different than anything else in the world. Jesus Christ's fashion is different than anything else, anyone else you're ever going to find in the world. His fashion is different. And in the world, there's different, you can tell the way people wear their fashions. It's all about how they dress. And people are so concerned about fashion and how they dress. And you can tell literally where people are from and what part of the world just by the way they dress. Amen. If they different clothes. Or, you can tell if certain Mexicans if they're from way down deep in Mexico by the boots they're wearing. Amen. Amen, amen. Exactly. Somebody yelled it out. I can tell you if they're from deep down in Mexico, if they got those kill the cockroach in the corner boots, with those boots that are pointy, pointy like that, where they can kill. And a lot of times if they're down at certain parts of Mexico, their, their boots will fold up just like this. Some of y'all are sitting out there going, this is so racist. This isn't racist. This is the truth. Look at it. You can look the way people wear that. And, and listen, so people, people are so concerned about fashion and how, what, what's, how people are wearing. They're so concerned. And that's what's going on with the Christian church today. The Christian church today is trying to be, apply their fashion to the world. The world's fashion, they're trying to get in on that. And they want to be a part of that. And they want to be just like the world's fashion. They want to make it their own. You see this with people with tattoos. It's fashionable right now for people to have tattoos. So everybody's running out and getting tattoos. And I'll run into Christians, and they'll get a tattoo. They'll say, but it's a tattoo, and there'll be a verse. Now, I don't believe in tattoos. I don't believe a person should get a tattoo. And, and the reason I don't believe in a tattoo, you say, well, where's that in the New Testament? Well, you can't find it in the New Testament. But I'll tell you why I don't believe in a tattoo. Okay, the Old Testament, he says, don't mark your body. Well, that's God the Father. That's how my father feels. My father feels like he doesn't want me marking my body up, so I'm not going to mark it up. That's just how I feel. I know his heart for that. I'm not saying my father's going to kick me out of heaven for having a tattoo or do anything to me, but I know my father's not pleased with it. And I know a lot of people who get tattoos, they try to hide them from their parents. Now, why would you do that? Why would you do that? I know uh, Oliver Peck, one of the greatest tattooists in the world. He's on that Ink Master show. Ronnie Hoggett knows, uh, knows Oliver Peck. And they've told me stories of Oliver Peck. When he gets around his grandmother, I guess when she was still alive, he has all those tattoos, long sleeve shirt, buttoned all the way to the top. That way she couldn't see any of his tattoos. That's called respect. That's called respect for your elders. What are you going to do? That's fashionable right now, guys. Now listen to me. What are you going to do when it's fashionable not to have a tattoo? 
Because that's going to happen. Amen. I'll be in fashion too. That's going to happen. Fashion changes. Bell bottoms are in, then they're out. Then they start coming back in. I hope they never come back. I think they're stupid looking. The thing, the fashions people wear, and, and it's fashionable, and you see the fashions now, it's getting to where it's showing more and more skin, more and more, getting less and less clothes. That's the fashion of the world. It's, it's less fashionable to be dressed up, to have your, your body covered. That's the fashion of the world. But listen, we're not supposed to follow the fashion of the world. We're supposed to follow the fashion of Jesus Christ. And we're following what Jesus Christ has a fashion for. Look, what's what's Jesus Christ's fashion? Turn back to Mark chapter 2. Look back up at verse 2. You don't see Jesus Christ's fashion? I'll show you Jesus Christ's fashion. Look at verse 2. The end of verse 2. He preached the word unto them. You know what Jesus Christ was fashioned to do? He was fashioned to preach the word. There it is right there, guys. I've never seen it on this fashion. What fashion? Somebody sitting in a house preaching the word. Not in the church, in a house. Preaching the word unto them. You want to be like fashioned like Jesus Christ? Preach the word. Preach the word. You want to see another way? that You want to be fashioned like Jesus Christ? Look at verse, verse 5. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Why is that important, Brother Keegan? Because here's a sick man. The sick man's brought down in front of him. He's sick with palsy. He's dying. Look at this guy. He's got physical illness. And the first thing Jesus Christ says to him is, Thy sins be forgiven, to him, be forgiven you. What's going on there? Jesus Christ cares more about his spiritual health than he does his physical health. Amen. That's a fashion like Jesus Christ. When you're fashioned like Jesus Christ, you care more about somebody's spiritual health than their physical health. The first thing he says is, hey, you need to be healed up. No, he says you need to be healed up of your sins. And if you're in there this morning and you have problems, I don't care what kind of health problems you have, I'm worried about your spiritual problems in Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm here to pray for you. I'm here to try to help you get over your health problems, but I'm more worried about your spiritual health. How's your relationship with Jesus Christ? How's your relationship with the Father? That's what Jesus cared about. He cared about healing up the spiritual aspect before the physical. And then lastly, then he heals up the physical. So there's a, do you want to be fashioned like Jesus Christ? Preach the word, care about people's spiritual health, and then at the last, try to take care of their physical health. That's how the Christian church should be. The Christian church should be about preaching Jesus Christ, glorifying Jesus Christ, getting people's spiritual health cleaned up by the, by the power and the blood of Jesus Christ. And then if we can, we'll try to help somebody who's in financial problems, maybe having some poor, maybe some uh, food problems or whatever kind of physical problems they might have. That's how we help, through money, through prayer. But first off and above all else, it's preaching. <laughs> we should be preaching. That's the first thing Jesus was doing. He's preaching the Word. That's how we should be fashioned, Christians. We should have a fashion that we should be able to preach. Then we care about people's spiritual health, and then we care about somebody's physical health. You know how the world's fashioned? You take what I just gave you, the formula I just gave you, and you flip it upside down. They care. Everybody, everybody cares about physical health. Everybody cares about the physicalness of everything. It's all about physical health, physical health. And then when you're really, really physical healthy, then they might try to look into yoga or try to look into something that will get their spiritual health a little cleaner. And then at the very last, they might care about what God has to say when it comes to preaching. They get it all flipped around. And God says it's the other way, guys. 
You need to preach and glorify Jesus Christ. You need to make sure people's sins get forgiven. You need to make sure, then you need to make sure you can take care of somebody physically. But it's no use to take care of them physically if they're going to go to hell. Amen, Brother Kicking. Amen, amen. It don't do you no good to go take care of somebody if they're going to hell. I'm more worried about them going to hell. It wouldn't have done me any good if Jesus Christ came down this earth and healed everybody up and got everybody healed up and then said, okay, guys, I showed you how to live it. Good luck. And then just went off into heaven. You know where Kigan would be going? Brother Kigan would be going to hell because I can't make it. I need Jesus Christ to die for my sins. I need my sins forgiven. That's what I need. And that's how we need to be fashioned just like Jesus Christ is fashioned. Look at Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. We need to be fashioned like Jesus Christ. And stop worrying about the fashions of the world. We, we get so caught up in the fashions of the world. And you ever notice that the world, the world is looking more and acting more churchy and the church is acting more worldly? The, the, the world talks more and more like the church. I mean, the, yeah, the world talks more and more like the church. They'll say stuff like, I'm so blessed. I hear these wicked, nasty individuals. I see them on TV and they'll say, I'm so blessed. That's a, that's a Christian term. That's a, that's a Bible term. Don't use that term. That drives me crazy. You'll be in my thoughts and prayers. You know. They're faking. They're just, that's the fash, it's fashionable to say that. It's fashionable to talk that way. That's why they're talking that way. Guys, don't t- talk the way the Lord wants you to talk because it's the way the Lord wants you to talk. Don't be, don't be following the world's fashions. We're trying to follow the fashion of Jesus Christ. We want to be fashionable like Jesus Christ. We want to follow His fashion. Look at Luke chapter 9, verse 28. Luke chapter 9, verse 28. I guess I better find that place myself, huh? Luke chapter 9, verse 28. So you might ask, well, how can I find this fashion? How can I be more fashionable like Jesus Christ? How can I be more fashioned like Jesus Christ? Well, there's only one answer to that. Look at verse 28. And it came to pass about... Eight days after these sayings, he, talking about Jesus, took Peter and John and James and went up into a mountain to pray. And as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered and his raiment was white and glistering. And behold, there talked with him two men, which were Moses and Elias. Now this is when he gets glorified. Jesus Christ, is tran- the mountain of transfiguration, he's transfigured. And he's glorified like his second coming. And they see that. Moses and Elijah on, on each side of him. And he's glorified. But I want to point out to you in verse 29 how this came about. It says, and as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered. The fashion of his countenance was altered. You want to be fashioned more like Jesus Christ? You're simply going to have to pray. Amen. You're simply going to have to pray. Now, if somebody comes to me and says, Brother Keegan, I'm having problems. And I'm having this kind of problem. I'm having this kind of problem. Spiritual problems. 99 times out of 100, it's because you're not praying enough. You need to be praying. You need to get closer to the Lord. Prayer is not, prayer is not just asking God for something. It's getting, trying to draw closer, seeking God's face, trying to draw closer to the Lord. That's what, that's what prayer is. And, I, and, and when you come to me and you say, uh, Brother Keegan, will you pray for me about something? Will you pray about something for me? Or when the church is asked to pray about something, I'm hoping, surely you're praying too, amen. Because I can pray for you, or I can pray about the situation. But no, Like if you come to me and you say, my granddaughter's having problems, will you pray for her? 
And I will try to pray. You give me her name or her, her name or his name, and I'll write that name on a list, and I'll try to pray. But nobody loves that granddaughter like you love that granddaughter. Amen. Nobody can shed a tear. And you, nobody's heart can reach out to God like your heart can reach out to God. You see where I'm going with this? If you're concerned about your sins, and it's breaking your heart that you're, you're sinning and you're doing some kind of sin, you're the only ones whose heart can touch God about that. You need to reach out. You need to reach out to God through prayer. And, he, and as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered. This fashion, you're trying to be fashioned like Jesus Christ. You can't go to Neiman Marcus and get this fashion. You can't go to Amazon and get this fashion. You can't go to Dillard's. You can't go to anywhere to get God's fashion. The only way you can get fashioned like God is through prayer. Money can't buy it. No man can give it. Only God can give it. Only God can give you this fashion. So I can't give it to you. You can't come to me and say, Brother Keegan, I want to be fashioned more like Jesus Christ. Well, man, I want you to be more too. But I can't do it for you. <laughs> You're going to have to pray and ask God to do it for you. Let me show you and, and let me explain to you a way you can pray, a certain way you can pray to try to get God to be, you can be more fashioned like God. You can pray and ask the Father to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Father, fill me with the Holy Spirit that the fruit of, your fruit will manifest out. I want you to manifest out of me, God. I want Jesus Christ to be coming out of me. I want Jesus Christ to be overflowing out of me. I want Jesus Christ to manifest out of me. And the way you do this, you pray and ask him to fill me with the Holy Spirit, Lord, that your fruit will manifest. I don't want Keegan's fruit to manifest. My fruit is hate and anger and strife and jealousy and envy. And, see, that's me. And I don't want me to manifest out. Amen? Y'all don't want me. You want God to manifest out of you. So you ask God through the Holy Spirit, through prayer, say, Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit that your fruit will come out. And what's the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, temperance. Those things that you read about in Galatians, that's the fruit you want. You can't have that fruit. Because if you're letting your fruit manifest out, oh, man, it's bad fruit. Amen? Amen. You want to be fashioned like unto Him. You want to be fashioned like unto God. You want to pray and ask God to fashion me. Fashion me, Lord, like you. I want to be like Jesus Christ. I want to be able to preach. I want to be able to see people's spiritual needs. And then lastly, Lord, then I'll look at somebody's physical needs. But Lord, I want to be fashioned like your son, Jesus Christ. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I can be like that. Lord, give me the boldness to preach. Give me the boldness to tell somebody they need to have their sins forgiven. How can we be so confident somebody's sins are forgiven? By the word of God. Amen. I can give you assurance out of the word of God that your sins are forgiven. If you do certain things when it comes to Jesus Christ, your sins will be forgiven. My sins were forgiven. I'm confident in that stuff because of the word of God. But you've got to be fashioned under like God. And you do it as he prayed. The fashion of his countenance was altered. So you want to you alter your fashion? You want to change your fashion so you won't be like the world? You've got to pray, guys. You've got to pray. Let me show you one last verse, and we'll close in this one last verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. I'm talking about fashion sense. This morning I'm talking about fashion sense, having some fashion sense. All the world's all about fashion, the latest fashion. And we're talking about God's fashion. God has a certain fashion he wants you to have. You know, I was reading this story about this governor, and he had these two daughters. And see, this, this stuff, this is so old, I don't even get this, but some of y'all ladies will definitely understand this. His daughters wanted to wear their hair bobbed, like in a bobtail. 
And he didn't want them to do it, so that shows you how long ago this was. And his daughters came to him, and his daughters kept saying, Dad, we want to wear our hair bobbed. And that was the fashion of the day, to wear your hair bobbed. He didn't like it. And he says, whose daughters are you? And they said, we're yours. That's right, you're the governor's daughter. He said, you don't follow the fashion, you set the fashion. Amen. You see what he's saying? He goes, you don't follow other people. People follow you. Why are you trying to dress like this? Why are you trying to dress like they dress? Trying to get your hair like they wear their hair. Wear the same shoes they wear. Why are you trying to act like them? They should be following you. Guys, that applies to you Christians. You're sons and daughters of a king. You're daughters and sons. You're prince and princesses to God. You, you set the fashion. You say, well, nobody else is acting like that. That's why. Right. You start acting a certain way. And if everybody's hating, then you start loving. You, you, that's what Jesus was teaching. You love your enemies. Everybody else doesn't feel that way. That's right. Let them live their life. God didn't fashion them the way that he wants you fashioned. He's fashioned you for a certain purpose. You're fat, you start acting that way. Start acting like a son of a king. Start dressing like the son of a king. Start wearing clothes. Stop trying to wear clothes like the world. Why, are you so care? Why do you care what the world wears? Who cares what they wear, what they're dressed like? Start dressing like God wants you to dress. We're trying to please him, amen? amen. Man, it's getting quiet in here. I didn't know this would hit such a... I, see, I didn't think this would hit such a sore subject with some of y'all, maybe. <laughs> I don't know, brother. You know, you get up here and you preach, you can tell. I can tell when there's resistance. I can tell. It, it doesn't bother me. I'm going to keep on preaching it. Amen. I'm just going to keep on preaching. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 29. But this I say, brethren, the time is short. Guys, the time is short. If it was short 2,000 years ago, it's even shorter today. Jesus Christ is coming back. Amen. He's coming back. And it, it, it remaineth, he says, that both they that have wives be as though they had none. And they that had weep as though they weep not. Hey, you don't got time for any of this worldly stuff. You got to live for Jesus Christ. That's what he's trying to say. And they that rejoice as though they rejoice not. And they that buy as though they possess not. See, this goes back to being in a battle, being in a war, being in a... Only way we can understand it, being as Christians, we've never... As Christians, we've never had to fight a battle on our home front. We've never had uh, somebody come over here and invade our land here in Texas like we've had to, like, like we've went and invaded Vietnam and Germany and all. We've never had to deal with that. And the only way we understand it is in a game. When you're playing a game, a football game, basketball game, whatever game you're playing, there's no time for foolishness. There's no time for, you make a, you make a shot in a game, there's no time to be rejoicing like you won the Super Bowl or won the game. You've got to get back down the court and defend. In other words, you're st- the game's still going on. You understand where I'm going with this? The war is still going on. So you've got to pretend like you, the things, there's not no time to rejoice. There's no time to weep. Hey, we've got things to do. Verse 31, and they that use this world as not abusing it, look, for the fashion of this world passeth away. The fashion of this world passeth away. So all the stuff you see going on in the world, the way people are dressing, the way people are acting, the way people, the fashion, what's fashionable to get a tattoo, it's fashionable to cut your hair a certain way, it's fashionable to wear certain clothes, all that stuff, guys, is, is going away. Amen. It's going away. And I want you to think about something. All this money you're spending on all these fashionable clothes, it's all going to be burned up. 
But if you can fashion yourself and start trying to wear and act the fashion of Jesus Christ, all this fashionable stuff for Jesus Christ is eternal. Anything you're doing for Jesus Christ is eternal. Every way you fashion yourself like Jesus Christ will be eternal. Will be eternal. I want to be fashioned like Jesus Christ, and I'm not, I'm not in any way. And I try to fashion myself and my life like Jesus Christ, and it's a sad thing that I'm not. And I, I w- I'd love for people to come into the city of Brownwood while I'm at work and say, that guy's so different. That guy's so different. He, there's something different about him. He's got to be a Christian. There's got to be something. You know, I want to be fashioned that way. And I hate to admit that maybe I'm not. And I need to be that way. I need to, I need to be fashioned so much that my, when I pray that my, fla- my face glows like Jesus Christ on Mount Transfiguration. I want to be fashioned like Jesus Christ. I want to think like Jesus Christ. That When I first see somebody, I want to think. I, I don't see somebody who has any, other, uh, uh, any kind of physical problems. I don't see anybody with financial problems. I see somebody with spiritual problems. They, have, they need Jesus Christ. In other words, other words, when you run into somebody, it, this is a soul, and this is not a soul that maybe they need a $20 bill, or this is not a soul that maybe they need a job or don't need it. This is a soul that either they're going to heaven or they're going to hell. And we need to start looking at people that way. And it's one or the other, amen? amen. And we need to start looking at them in a spiritual sense and stop getting ca- so caught up in, 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 the, in the world and how the world's fashioned and how the world's going to look at us and how we're going to look odd to them and we're going to be a peculiar people. And that's exactly what God said. God says, I'm going to make you a peculiar people. I'll make you a peculiar nation. You're going to look strange. You're going to act strange because I want you to be different. And we need to start being different than the world. That's what's scary. You can line up a hundred people and it would be hard to pick out, okay, which one's a Christian? It'd be hard. By our dress, by our fashion dress, it would be almost impossible, amen. The only way would be if it was on a Sunday. Amen. You go out to, we go out to eat and we have our clothes on, our Sunday clothes. We look like we've been to church, amen. But that's about the only time. Because we're wearing all the same fashions. I'm not trying to put any legalism on you. I'm trying to wake you up and think, make you think, I don't want to be like the world. I want to be like God. Amen. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church. Are you sick and tired of this world? Are you sick and tired of this life that you're living? Did you know that God has a free gift for you? It's the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Have you ever received this gift? You know a gift can be offered but not received. You can bow your head and ask Jesus right now to save you and give you his free gift of eternal life. Now you might ask, how do I know he'll give me this free gift? Because I did the same thing because I bowed my head knowing I'm a sinner and asked him to save me and he did. And I've never been the same. And this life with Jesus is a thousand times better than anything this world can offer me. Now we would love to hear from you if you want to contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time. Casting your care upon him.